right. Well, good morning again, everyone. Glad for those of you that are on here and are viewing us live stream this morning. Um, what a crazy time. What a crazy time of things that's going on and things that's happening. But uh, we serve a God that's in control. We serve a God that has it all handled and has it all under his control. And we're just so thankful for that. So thankful for times like this where even when we aren't together in, in a building face to face, but we can still do this. We can still be together and minister to each other. And uh, so again, we just want to welcome you to Harvest Christian Fellowship this morning. And uh, I want to continue something that we started last week. Um, I never thought that I would enter into a time of uh, doing a, a, a small series uh, via live stream. Uh, but I want to go back and, and remember we talked a little bit last week about some of the things that, that bothered me. Now things may not bother you and I understand some are being funny and some are being silly and that's good. God wants us to laugh. Matter of fact, the word says that he who sits in the heaven laughs. So we know God laughs and God's a, a God of just pure joy. And but what bothered me in all this was how I saw the church turning on each other. Um, and where it became an indictment of faith for someone if they weren't having service or they did this or they did that. And, and I, I, you know, we're better than that. And I just want to continue uh, to look at unity in the body. Not unity within Harvest Christian Fellowship because the body of Christ is bigger than whatever church we're in, whatever building we're in. We're all part of the same body. We're all part of the body of Christ. And we just want to uh, know that in, it's in unity is where God commands his blessing. So our text has been Psalms 133. Uh, and it's only three verses long. He says, how tr I'm reading now the Passion Translation. He says, how truly wonderful and pleasant, how truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It's as the precious and sacred scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robe. The heavenly harmony, this heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this realm of sweet harmony, I like this, so it's from the realm of sweet harmony that God will release his eternal blessing and the promise of life forever. So if we're ever going to be effective in our world as the body of Christ as a whole, then it's going to have to come from a place of harmony. Too many times we see people judge this one and judge that one, and we see churches uh, who for some reason feel like they can't get along or they can't associate with other churches because they believe one way and they believe another way. Um, and I'll just tell you one of the things that I, I mention all the time to uh, Harvest here, here at Harvest is we should be really careful about how we throw away around the word heretic. Because there's somebody in another church who doesn't believe like you may, uh, who would just as easily call you a heretic. And then that's usually when we get our feelings hurt. Oh, not me. I'm never, not me. I'm never. But, but we want to throw it around to others. So, you know, it's in a place of harmony is where God commands the blessing. 
And, and, and in the time that we live in today, the world's already divided enough. We already have this one arguing with that one, and nobody wants to come together and say, okay, we may not see everything. Harmony doesn't mean you're going to see everything identical. Harmony is when we decide that we don't see everything the same, but we're going to love each other past it. We're going to love each other no matter what. We're going to love each other. It doesn't matter if we see it all the same every day, but we are going to love each other. And if we want to be powerful, if we want to be great men and women of faith, then we're going to have to be great men and women of unity. And today I want to look at something that if us, if we are going to be people of great unity, there's one thing that, that I believe that ties all this together. And, uh, and I would dare say that as we talk about unity, that the thing that we're going to talk about today is the starting point. Because we want to be great men and women of faith. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 from the Amplified says this. It says, for if we, were in, if, for if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Great unity is going to be based on great love. Great faith is going to be based on great love. And if the church can't come together and decide that we are going to love. Now, it, it amazes me how often I see people say, well, I love this one and I, I love everybody. But yet we're so judgmental and we're so hard and we so uh, attack each other on so many just minuscule things that really uh, it doesn't matter. But I love how the Amplified says it there. He says, what counts is not whether you believe this way because some were believing circumcision, whether you believe this way because some were believing uncircumcision. Paul says there, he says, it doesn't really matter what you believe. Uncircumcision or circumcision. It counts for nothing. He said, what counts is faith when it is activated, energized, and expressed when working itself out through love. If you cannot be a person of great faith, if you can't be a person of great love. And, and, and we really find out how much our faith is going to work by how much love we really have. Um, because it's so easy to sit behind a keyboard and type out all this stuff. And, and I made a statement like this one time and, and uh, the reference back to me was, well, I have the right to say anything I want to say. And uh, I agree, you have the right to say anything you want to say. But sometimes, because we have the right to, doesn't mean we ought to. It doesn't mean we should. How is it going to express love to the people we're trying to reach? Our faith is not going to work if we don't walk it out in love. Love is the beginning of unity. And in unity, Psalms 133 says, he, he commands his blessing. So great love is going to come Great faith comes from great love. Great love is the basis of great unity. And if the church as a body, as a whole, would come together with this in mind, said, okay, we don't agree on this little thing or that little thing, and we don't see everything eye to eye, but one thing we can agree on is that God is good, 
his favor is on all child, all of his children and all creation, and we got to go out and open the eyes of those who have yet to awaken to this great salvation that has already been provided. But it's going to take people who are going to love them. Love them in the middle of their mess. Love them in the middle of the chaos. Love them in the middle of the fears of what's going on in the world. But it's, it's who we should be. Do you know that love should be natural for the believer. It shouldn't take a whole lot for us to try to love someone. Man, I tell you, I've, I've heard it before. Uh, I've tried to love them. I just can't. I just can't love them. Well, Romans chapter 5, uh, out of the NIV, uh, verse 5, he says this. He says, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You have the love of God in you right now. Well, how much love is that? For God so loved the world, not the, not the, not the planet, the world, those, uh, those of us who make up the world. He said, for God so loved that he gave, he sacrificially gave everything. And that power is in you. God has already put all his love in you. The thing is, we've got to learn to let it out. We can't learn to whether we're going to, like Paul was talking about, we can't say, well, these are, it doesn't matter if you're circumcised. Well, no, you have to, uncircumcision doesn't matter. No, you have to be circumcised. No, we decided we're going to express this faith in, in works of love. And when we express this faith in works of love, then all of a sudden our faith works. Then all of a sudden the church becomes unified. Then we can actually do some things that God wants us to do but the ability to love everyone no matter if you agree with them or what they're doing or how they're living but the ability to love them is within you <laughs> when we were so unlovable I had somebody tell me one time I just don't believe that I can love so-and-so or I don't believe I can love that kind of person. I don't know what that kind. Let me tell you something. At one time, I was that kind of person. I was the kind of person that, that would have been difficult to love. But I like what Romans 5.8 says. Romans 5.8, out of the message. I love how the message translation puts this. He says, but God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death. And here, here's the kicker of, of Romans 5.8 from the message. While we were of no use whatever to him. I was no use to God. He didn't need anything. But because he is love. Now we're going to talk about this in just a moment. But because God is love. When he had no use for me. He still loved me. And he still gave. And folks there may be people in our lives. There may be people who we don't agree with. Doctrinally. Theologically. We may not agree with their lifestyle. But that doesn't change the fact. That when God has no use for me whatsoever, he still put his love on the line by sending his son. And when we come together, we're going to decide that we're going to be people of the God kind of love. And we're going to say that no matter what we agree on or what we don't agree on, however this thing comes, we are going to love no matter what because the love of God is in us. And if the church will come together with this kind of unity and forget all the little petty things we don't agree on and all these little these little things then we can come together and begin to change the faith
face of an entire nation, but it's only going to come from a place of great love. People say, well, I believe it's going to come from great faith, and, and, and we're going to see this, and, and when we see all these signs and wonders, we're going to look at that in a minute, that a lot of these signs and wonders doesn't matter if you don't have love. Because it's no wonder that people won't come to us when they find out they can't find love from us. They can be treated bad anywhere. The body of Christ should be something different than that. Those of us who, the, the church, should be something different than that. So I, I love, let me read Romans 5, 8 to you because this is how God felt about you. And so the next time we find it hard to believe someone who is like they are, what if we begin to unify in this type of mindset? But God, but Brent will put his love on the line for whomever by offering the greatest that I have in sacrifice even when they are no use to me even though I'm not getting anything out of this deal this exchange is not fair folks the love of God the exchange that God loved us in was not fair it wasn't a balanced love I had nothing to offer him and he gave everything and I still have nothing of myself to offer him. But I, 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 let me read it again, Romans 5, 8. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. Now imagine if the church would begin to love like that. Not trying to get something, not trying to even gain numbers, not trying to even build the population of our individual gatherings, but just saying, I'm going to love you so much, even though I may not get nothing out of it, but I have a love that will change your life forever. I believe that that is where God wants the body to go. And I wonder how much that would change some of the things that we post, even on Facebook. First John chapter 4 verse 7. First John chapter 4 verse 7 from the Passion Translation he says this, those who are loved by God let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. I love the Passion Translation of this. He says those who are loved by God, well God so loved the world so those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. There is never a place in our lives where we should stop loving. There's never a place where we should stop loving. He says, those who are loved by God, well, I'm loved by God, you're loved by God. He said, let us continually love, love continually pour from us. To one another. Why? Because God is love. God doesn't do love. God doesn't try to love us despite our old miserable filthy self. No. God is love. His very makeup is love. His, when he created the universe, he created it out of love. When he placed man in the garden, he did it out of love. When he put the birds in the air and the fish in the sea, he did it out of love. Because, well, what about God's wrath? Even God's wrath comes from a place of his love. Oh, goodness. Everyone who loves is fathered by God 
and experiences intimate knowledge with him. So everyone who loves experiences intimate knowledge of God. So if I'm not walking in love towards someone, can I really say that I'm experiencing intimate knowledge with God? I like what verse 8 says here. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God. Well, I've been doing this for so many years and all this, but that doesn't mean you know God. I, I, there's people who, who I have known for years and know their names, know who they are. We say hi in Walmart, we wave, but I can't say that I know them. I have a relation, an acquaintance with them. I have a, a, you know, a relationship enough to where I can go over and shake their hand or talk to them. Of course, right now they tell you not to shake hands. But, you know, I can go and do all these things, but I can't say I know them. And I honestly believe that there are probably a lot of people who are filling our churches who really don't know God. Why? Because they're struggling in this love issue. Verse 8, the one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. It's his nature. Well, I, I just don't think it's possible for me to love that person. That, that, that shows that we are not yet acquainted with this love of God, that we still feel that this love somehow is not lining up with who our new creation really is. God formed you in his image so that you could act just like him. Uh, that's what he put Adam in the garden for. He said, let us make man in our image. Uh, the passion, not the passion, but the uh, message translation of that says, let's put him in the garden. Let's make him reflecting our nature. Let's make him just like us. So God made us reflecting his nature to be just like him and put us on the earth. Why? To walk in love. To walk in love because God is love. So if we're going to be unified as a body, if we're going, folks, if we're going to be unified as a nation, then it's going to have to come when we decide we are not always going to agree. We're not always going to see things the same way, but we're going to decide we're going to love each other beyond what we don't agree on. Matthew chapter 5. Here's the thing about love. And this is where... Humanity may struggle with this a little bit, uh, and us as individuals may at times. Love is unconditional. Love doesn't have conditions on it. Well, I promise I'm going to love you until you do this to me, and then I'm not going to love you anymore. Then I'm just going to cut you off, and you're of no use to me now. Well, remember what Romans 5, 8 from the message says, when I was no use to God, whatever, he still put his love on the line for me. We don't get out of this love thing. We, he, God's not going to let us out and say, that's okay, you don't have to love anymore. Because if God said, that's okay, I don't have to love anymore, then that means there's going to be a time when he's going to say, well, I don't have to love anymore either. That means God's going to have to go against his own nature. And how many of us know the universe can't stand that? Folks, love is unconditional. God's love for you is completely unconditional you can't change his love for you no matter what you do now that doesn't just give you an excuse to go do whatever you want to do because when I walk in a relationship and I walk in love it makes me want to 
do things that don't disappoint my wife. I try not. I try to love her in a way where I don't do things that disappoint her or cause her to be uh, uh, disappointed in me. In that, so my love for her causes me to do what continues our relationship in this positive light. Go to Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five, verse forty-three, and I'm reading now the Passion again. Matthew 5, 43 said, Your ancestors has all, have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the one that hates you. See, this is not a new concept. What we're living through right now is not a new concept. Jesus even said, Their ancestors, you have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the ones that hate you. Verse 44, Matthew 5. However, I say to you, love your enemy. See, it's easy to love your friend. It's easy to love those who love you. It's easy to love those who you get along with and you see everything eye to eye and there's no, no disagreements and there's no little things off. But once that happens, once we have these disagreements, once we don't see things eye to eye, it's funny how many times we're willing to just throw away relationships. Jesus says, I say to you, love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. And respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. We'd rather take a stand. We'd rather put our chest out and, uh, you know, whatever that is. Um, but that's what we find ourselves doing so many times. And God's given us a whole different way. God's way is not the way that we would normally do things. He says, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Bless your enemy. Love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. And do something wonderful to the people that hate you. Imagine if the church as a whole would start doing this. Rather than worried about our rights being infringed upon. Rather than worrying about... I have to take a stand or I'm going to pick up a picket sign and I'm going to get a bullhorn and I'm going to do this. How about we just do what Jesus encourages us to do? And I know that's not a popular statement I just made. Love your enemy. Bless the one who curse you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. And respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. Now get it, it gets better. In verse 45, he says, For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly Father. So what reveals our identity of our heavenly Father? It's not a dress code, it's not a hairstyle, it's not jewelry we wear, it's not a what would Jesus do bracelet. What reveals our identity is how we treat those who, apparent, who seem to be against us. That, that's what Jesus said. However, I say to you in verse 44 of Matthew 5, bless the one that curse you, love your enemy, do something wonderful to those that hate you, and pray for those who persecute you. For in that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly Father. Now, it gets, oh. He is kind to all. By bringing the sunrise to warm and the rainfall to refresh, whether a person does what's good or evil. See, I love that. God's going to bring the sunrise to warm and the rainfall to refresh, 
so we, 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 well, it rains on the both of the just and it. We think that's a bad thing. Rain's a good thing. He was talking to farmers. Rain's a good thing. By bringing sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh, whether that person does good or evil. Why? Because God is kind to all. What reward do you deserve? If, now, this is verse 46 of Matthew 5. What reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Don't even tax collectors do that? That was the most hated people in Jerusalem of this day. He said, even tax collectors, those gross folks, they're able to love those who are lovable. Verse 47, how are you any different from others if you limit your kindness only to your friends? Don't even the ungodly do that? So if we're only going to love those who agree with us and those who look like us and those who be like us, that makes us no different than the ungodly. Because why? Because when they stand in stark opposition to those who oppose them or disagree with them, the church kind of looks the same way. So why would they run to the church when they can be treated that way even outside the doors of the church? Verse 48 since you are children of a perfect father, you are to be perfect like him. Well, how can I be perfect in love? Back to 1 John. I'm going to try to end here real quick. 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. And again, I'm reading now the uh, Passion Translation. 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. What, what we're ministering and what God was trying to tell people here is by walking in love, this is not something that we do. It is uh, from time to time. This is a way of life. This is a way of life. Should be our way of life. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 12. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us and we make our permanent home in him. So what makes that happen? Love. Love for each other. Not just each other inside of our doors, but love for those on the street and love for those we don't agree with and those, love for those we think, ooh, I don't know if I, I would ever do that to myself, but, you know, hey, I, I, it doesn't stop me from loving you. See, what makes that happen is love for one another. And his love is brought to its full expression in us. How's God's love's full expression going to happen? In us. So if I treat so-and-so with not love, then what, are, what am I saying about God? Jump down to verse 16. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love, and we trust in the love he has for us. Maybe we don't treat people right, and maybe our love is conditional to certain people because we really don't trust the love he has for us. We don't trust that he is an unconditionally loving God. And so we don't trust someone else to love me unconditionally. And so I put up walls, I put up barriers, I put up these things. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust, his, the, trust in the love he has for us. Again, he tells us here, God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God. And I love this. And God lives through them. 
Those who are living in love are living in God. And God lives not just in them, he's living his life through them. You know, God wants to live his life through you. He wants to live his life through you. He don't want to just be in you. He wants to come out of your pores. And the way that he wants to come out of your pores is in love. Jump to verse 19 of 1 John 4. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. So maybe if I don't love so-and-so, and I just can't, I just can't bring myself to love them. It's just, uh, there's just something, maybe, just maybe, I'm not being grateful for the love I had. Like Romans 5, 8 said, when I was of no use to him, whatever, he still put his love on the line for me. But I can't love that person. Does that make me ungrateful in the response that God first demonstrated toward me? I can say, verse 20, anyone can say I love God, yet have hatred toward another believer makes him a phony. Because if you don't love your brother or sister whom you can see, after all, we are all made in his image, right? How can you truly love God whom you can't see? So if I can't love somebody based on who I can see, knowing that they were created in the image of God and they're a reflection of God's divine nature and, and God has placed them here because before he ever formed them in the womb, he knew them. God is the only one who gives life because it's the enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his job description. Jesus says, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That's God's job description. So God's job description is to give life. The enemy's job description is to destroy life. And if I can't look at someone who God gave life to, how can I truly love God, who I can see, can't see? Verse 21, for he has given us this command. This is the command that God gave. Whoever loves God must demonstrate love to others. Must. This is a command, folks. This is what will bring unity to the body of Christ. This is what will bring unity to even our nation is God loves us and if we and if and whomever God loves so who does God love for God so loved the world must also demonstrate love to others God this is what we have to do I'm gonna leave you with one last set of scriptures what does love look like and you know where I'm going you've heard it a hundred times, maybe more, depends on how many weddings you've went to, you have read, heard, or quoted this set of scriptures. But this is what love looks like. And I love how the message translation puts this. <clears throat> In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but I don't have love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. So if I talk a good talk, and even the angelic ecstasy is spoken, spoken from my mouth, but if I don't have love, it's just a lot of noise. Verse 2, if I speak God's word, 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak God's word with power, 
revealing all his mysteries and making everything as plain as day. And if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't have love, I am nothing. So even though we can preach a good preach and we can talk a good talk and we got faith that moves mountains, he says, without love, it's all nothing. Well, I'll be known by my faith. You better be known by your love. Verse 3, if I give everything I own to the poor and I even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. Are you, are you getting the theme here? So no matter what I say or what I believe and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Oh, I love that. So no matter what I say, what I believe, or even what I do without love, I am bankrupt. Paul is trying to get something through to us here. That love is the key. No matter what you believe, no matter what you do, no matter what your faith looks like, without love, it doesn't mean anything. And if we as a body would learn to walk like this, no matter what church we go to, if we as a body would begin to walk like this, the world would be changed. The world would be changed. Verse 4, here's what love is going to look like to us. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. Love isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. Man, this, this should really be uh, hitting, us home, hitting us at home here. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Oh, well, let that sink in. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Love doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Here's the hard part, you ready? Still talking about love in verse 7. It puts up with anything. Well, I just can't tolerate that. Love puts up with anything. It trusts God always. It always looks for the best, and it never looks back. It's not looking at people's past, and it's always looking for the best in people. And love keeps going to the end. No matter what we say, no matter what we do, no matter what we talk about, no matter what miracles we think we can do, no matter any of this, the key is going to be found in love. And when we begin to walk in this love, then all of a sudden Psalms 133 comes alive and it's how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And in that unity, God releases his blessing. And the key is love. I believe we can do this. I believe we can do this. And I'm inviting you to come along with me and the rest of Harvest Christian Fellowship as we become known as a place where love is not just shown, but it's a way of life. Let's pray real quick and then I'll give you some announcements. Father, I thank you for today and I thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. 
I thank you that you're a good God doing great things for your people. And Father, I pray for everyone watching today and everyone who will watch as this message gets shared. And Father, that you just begin to open our hearts up to the way your heart is, where we begin to allow love to operate through us and in that you begin to live your life through us. Not just living in us, but you're living your life through us because we are loving one another the way that you said to love. And I thank you, Father, because I know we can do it if we just allow ourselves to connect with you and we allow ourselves to trust your unconditional love for us. I love and appreciate you, God, more than anything. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Anytime I minister stuff like that, it messes me up. I just get wrecked and in, 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 in thinking about how good God is and how, how the greatness of him. Uh, just some quick announcements. Uh, if you uh, are a part of this house or you want to give into this house, there are a couple different ways to do that. Um, you can mail in any type of offerings or anything like that if you're worried about not giving or you're living on a fixed income and you budget that stuff in. You can mail it in. Also, if you are watching uh, Facebook or something like that, there's a slide coming on your screen right now. Um, you can type into your search bar of your uh, browser, I think it's the bit.ly uh, backslash hcfgive. Uh, that will take you to our online, uh, our secure online giving. Also, there's a QR code on that screen right now. Um, you can take your phone if you're watching by a computer. You can actually scan that code and the, your phone will take you to our secure online giving. So let me encourage you to do that. Keep your giving going, uh, even though we're not meeting together. Also, if you want to go to hcfcambridge.com, I believe that there is still the button there that you can give, and that will take you also to our secure online giving. So there's ways to give uh, if you want to give and, and, and are uh, so inclined to do that. But uh, and I've seen that there's been online giving and things that's been happening uh, through that. And just let me encourage you to continue to do that um, as we continue to uh, operate here. Um, a few other announcements. Um, and first I want to talk about our outreach to the community. Uh, and it's, it's through Harvest House. Harvest House is our biggest outreach uh, to the community. And so I want to let you know that Harvest House is open through this uh, outbreak, uh, this pandemic, this thing that we're facing right now. Um, it's open for emergencies only. So if you have an emergent need or something that comes up that, that you need something, please you can get a hold of Lana and I'm gonna give you uh, a, a number. Is that on the screen now? Uh, there's a number, you see it there on your screen. Um, you can contact Harvest House if you have needs. Um, so Harvest House is opening, but it really, it's only on an emergency needs base only. Um, also, Harvest House truck is supposed to come. We're supposed to have a truck this week. Uh, we're making decisions on the truck right now. As of right now, I think we're going to postpone the truck because a lot of you that come and volunteer so faithfully, and you're so awesome to do it, uh, some of, us, some of us may be a little older or we may have respiratory problems or just fear of this thing. And really, we shouldn't be gathering together too much um, in that anyhow. So we'll probably postpone the truck 
but listen, if you're part of Harvest Christian Fellowship, listen to the announcements that I'll be making throughout the week. Um, also, we have set up a call center, and this call center is really to help meet the needs. In, in this call center, and I want to thank uh, Lana and Sally for doing this, and, and really Sally has done a fantastic job already this week, uh, but the information we'll have uh, that she has is about food pantries and other local resources that are in the area. So if you need anything like that, if you're part of Harvest Christian Fellowship, you can uh, look at your directory for Sally's number and she will put you in touch with things. Um, if you don't have a directory, then contact somebody else in the church and they can get you Sally's number um, and, and we can do that. Also, there's going, we're going to place a plastic box out in the pass-through in front of the front doors at the church. And in that plastic box will be the information paper-wise for the local resources, for um, Grace Pantry and some of these other uh, resources that are in the, in the area. It'll have, the paper will have the times, the dates, um, any kind of type of paperwork that you need. And Sally has already been in contact with all of them. Um, she knows the dates and the times and it'll all be on that paperwork or you can contact her and uh, I believe through all this she has actually been able through Harvest House and through the uh, local community let me tell you Cambridge is a great community through local community resources uh, has already been able to help people get food um, now if you're part of Harvest Christian Fellowship and you have needs uh, that you don't have help now if you have family that's helping you and children and all that stuff that's that's great but if you are part of Harvest and you uh, are afraid to go out or you're ill or something like that and you need somebody to pick up a few groceries for you or you need somebody to pick up a few prescriptions for you, again, call Sally and we have people who have volunteered to set up and we can pick a few things up for you. We can drop it on your door, doorstep and we just want to continue to minister to each other's needs. And let me call each other. Begin to contact each other. Um, we're, we're, just because we're not meeting in this room right now doesn't mean that we're not connected. So stay in contact with each other. But again, if you have needs like that, contact Sally. Um, your, her number should be in your directory. And if you don't have a directory, contact somebody in the church. They will give it to you. We're just not going to put Sally's info out. Um, but if you're not part of Harvest or you're watching online today and you have a need, this number, on, I think it's to my uh, left, is our Harvest House number. You can contact that number and um, it will contact, it'll get you in contact with Lana Jennings. Lana does a fantastic job with Harvest House and uh, we can help get some things set up for you there. So if you're not a part of Harvest, you say, well, I don't know who this Sally is. You can actually contact Lana if you're in the area and you're in an emergent need. Um, we can get, get you some help and see what we can do to connect you to the right resources in the community to help you. Okay? Now, something else that's happening. A lot of stuff going on, and we're not even here. Uh, something else that's happening is uh, we put together some care teams. Uh, I'm so amazed at Harvest Christian Fellowship. Dee and I took a few days and went and visited our parents and she and I was sitting at home in West Virginia working out how we were going to do this. And then I get back and 
uh, I get a couple phone calls from a couple uh, members in the church, and Lana being one of them, said, hey, we need to do this, and this is kind of what we're thinking. We were all on the same page doing the same thing, and that shows a great response that your body loves you. Harvest Christian Fellowship loves each other, and we love our community. Um, but anyhow, what we're doing is we're putting together some care teams, and Lori has headed this up for us, and Lori always does a fantastic job. And so what happens is, is there will be several people, you may receive a phone call from someone in the church, and what they're doing is they're reaching out on behalf of the leadership here, and they're just touching base with you to see if you need anything, see how things are going with you, see if you need prayer. Uh, let me tell you, they'd love to pray with you. The people that's calling you would love to pray with you. Um, see if you need prayer, see if you need uh, some of these resources that we need and they'll probably put you right back in contact with Sally so we can keep everything headed up. And so what happens is you'll probably get a call once a week or something just to see if you need anything. And uh, folks, if you do, please reach out, talk to those folks. Also, if something in all this is scaring you or you need some counsel or you need an encouraging word, uh, you can always call me. Um, many, many of you have my cell phone number that you can call anytime, but you can call here at the church. That number's on your screen as well. Uh, you can call here to the church, and if I'm not in the office at that moment, I will get back with you, and we'll just have a time of word, uh, a prayer together. We'll have a time of, of just walking some things out together. Just because we're not meeting here doesn't mean we're disconnected. I think as you can tell, as you get phone calls, as you see and you have needs, our desire is to stay connected through all this. Let me tell you something. Through all this, we have already had one person that, that we've been helping uh, this week and Lana, they told Lana that they want to be baptized as soon as all this stuff gets worked out. And so we're meeting the needs of our community. We want to meet the needs of Harvest Christian Fellowship. There is something great going on. I know everything seems like it's in a turmoil, but let me put a word in your ear. God is far able he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. He has a plan for us, and it is a plan to prosper us. It is a plan for good and not evil. And God has a plan for you today. And so again, if you're part of Harvest Christian Fellowship and you have a need, please contact Sally. Um, if you're not a part of Harvest Christian Fellowship, but there are some needs that come up and you're watching this live, there is a number on your screen right now. You can call our Harvest House number. That's the outreach ministry of Harvest Christian Fellowship. And Lana will put you in touch with the right people and we will put you in touch with the right resources. And if you need anything, you're always welcome to call me. So thank you for Lori. Thank you for, if you're one of those ones that's on those teams that is calling parts of this body uh, throughout the week. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the body of Harvest Christian Fellowship. Man, God has something good in store for us. Lots of stuff still happening and we're not even meeting in this door. Uh, somebody put on Facebook the other day said, you better, the enemy better watch out because the church has left its walls. And that's exactly what we want to be. We want to be, yeah, we'll come here and we'll gather. And there'll be a, another time when we'll get together here soon. And we'll hug and we'll embrace and we'll high five. But folks, it is time that we're out there doing it. So look for every opportunity. And remember, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's what we have. A kingdom that cannot be shaken because it's built on his righteousness. It walks in his peace. And we are full of the joy of the Lord. Thank you for being with me this morning. Harvest 
Christian Fellowship's board will be meeting and deciding what we're going to do uh, as we go forward. Uh, so be listening for that. Uh, watch our live streams. Watch uh, things that are posted on Facebook. And like we say here every week, remember, you're blessed whether you like it or not. So you may as well enjoy it. Thank you guys. You will hear from us soon.